0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I want to speak today about um, one of the important virtues that we're called to have as Christians, which is uh, the virtue of patience. And patience is one of those things that is really nice when we have it, but also very hard to attain. And whenever we ask God for patience, um, while maybe we think or we hope that he will grant us this virtue kind of just for free, meaning he's just going to one day we're going to wake up and suddenly we find ourselves to be very patient people. Um, A lot of times the way it actually works is when we ask God for patience, he throws us into difficult situations that force us to have patience. Um, Because when you're in a situation where there's absolutely nothing that you can do but wait, um, and it's up to us then to decide whether I choose to wait while frustrated and angry and and anxious even to the point of losing my health from the anxiety that I feel feel while I wait, or to learn to trust in God and to alleviate my anxiety in Him. And a lot of times the only way we learn a virtue is by being put in a situation where it is intolerable to live without the virtue, right? And so um, maybe even we try to avoid this virtue because we seek from God that he would remove the source of suffering or adversity that is forcing us to have patience to begin with. So we have some challenge in our life and um, it requires us to have patience to wait to see how it's going to play out, or to endure it for however long. And so we're asking God to remove from us this, um, this adversity. We don't want it um, because it's causing us pain. Um, and maybe that is actually for us more preferable than to learn this virtue of patience is just avoid the problem altogether, and and maybe we ask God and we pray so often for God to remove the thing that causes us the suffering um, as opposed to maybe identifying that this is something that we actually need in our life to grow in the virtue. So growing in virtue is something that can be very difficult, um, but it's also very rewarding. We look at people who maybe have attained certain virtues or people who have you know, we look at them and we say, wow, this person is so patient. You know, they're patient in dealing with um, the worries of their life. They're patient in dealing with their children. They're patient in dealing with problems that they have at work or with their other family members and friends. They're patient with whatever challenges they face. But that patience didn't come for free, right? And for us to grow, um, it says in the scripture that we have to be tested in the fire of adversity. Um, In Lamentations chapter 3, it says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him, it is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. So what are some struggles that we might endure uh, in our life and that we need, to, uh, we need to have patience for? The first is is we have to have patience to learn what we need, to learn what we need. In James 1, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives all to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Um, A lot of times, uh, we we feel like the world requires us to have a lot of knowledge, a lot of skills, uh, a lot of things that we need to be able to do successfully, like someone who is a new parent, for instance, um, feels overwhelmed with parenting, overwhelmed with all the things that have to be purchased, all the things that have to be known, all the ways that we have to take care of our children and in a way that is, is, is overwhelming, or someone who is starting out in their career, or starting out in school, or starting anything new, um, we feel overwhelmed, and maybe we look at other people who are more advanced than us, further along in the process than us, and um, and we, we wish that we could be like them, but it requires patience for us to grow, to learn what is it, the skills that we need, to learn um, how is it we can, um, progress in our life—it's something that needs patience, right? We don't get there um, from the beginning. You know, there's a saying that says, "How do you eat an elephant?" You heard of the saying? One bite at a time, right? Like the thing is big, right? And so it's not—it's not something that we we try to pretend like it's not a big thing. It's big, but it just doesn't mean that it can't be. I actually, I remember reading this article about a man who eats airplanes. Uh and what he would do is he would take the airplane and he would cut it up into very s- very fine metal pieces and he would mix it in with his food. Um, and, and over the course of like a year, he could eat an entire airplane. Um, not something I would recommend. But, but when you look at the idea of somebody came to you and said, um, can you eat an airplane? Our response would be no way. Like, how, do you, how are you going to do that? Right? But when you look at someone who's successfully done it, Um, maybe with some cleverness, right? You see like, okay, uh, maybe I just need to be patient to be able to meet a goal that I have. We also have to be patient to establish good relationships. In Colossians 3, it says, Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. To build solid and genuine relationships with people requires time and requires sacrifice and investment. Um, you don't see people who have very good relationships, whether in marriage or friendships or at work, that just kind of materialized on the first day without any effort or labor, right? And it's something that requires patience. It takes patience to, to develop that. It reminds me of um, the John Maxwell who writes books about leadership, and he has a book called The Five Levels of Leadership. And in that book, he says how a person who is a leader doesn't start out being respected, doesn't start out being... Uh, you know, people identify him or her as being a good leader or trusted. No, he just is someone who has a position, has a title. And that's all they have is a title. And that's the first level of leadership. But then through the work of the leader and investing in the people and, and, and mentoring them and helping them and strengthening them, over time, they can grow to be a good leader and have r- the respect of the people and people who actually follow them. Not because they have a title, but because of who they are and the kind of relationships they've established. So. Again, it requires patience. Like don't expect, for instance, that when you start working in a new job that everyone is gonna respect you from the beginning or that everyone is gonna identify that you are you know, a talented person or successful or have good skills. No, actually it takes patience to build that, to grow in that, right? So that's the second thing that we need to have patience for, establishing relationships. In a marriage, for instance, it takes time to establish a good routine, uh, a good way of dealing with one another. Uh, in a friendship, in any type of relationship. Um, It requires patience for for it to grow and to flourish. It also takes patience to gain experience. In Job chapter 12, it says, Wisdom is with the aged men and with the length of days understanding. You know, they say that beginners know the rules, but the experts know what? Have you heard this saying? Mark, you're good at sayings. Beginners know the rules, but the experts, they know the exceptions right? Like someone who um, who's starting out might read the rule book and something. They know all the rules. They know everything that's supposed to be done. But that's not the same thing as wisdom. Wisdom is discernment. Like when should we apply the rules? And when do the rules not apply? When when do we apply the rules? And when is the rule actually going to be harmful? Um, even in the church, like the rules, the the church has many canons, right? Which are the rules of the church. But we don't apply the rules. Um, without discrimination, like without thinking, how is this rule going to affect the people? Is this something that's gonna be harmful to the people? Maybe the rule was created with a good intention, but in a specific situation, it doesn't apply, right? And so it's something that needs to be understood through discernment, and it takes experience. It takes patience to grow in experience, to know. Like a person who is just starting out doesn't, doesn't know. Maybe it needs experience for us to know how God works, experience with our relationship with god so again maybe we read the bible and we uh, we memorize bible verses but it doesn't necessarily make us to have experience with having a relationship with god and what does that look like and how do we discern his voice how do we know when he is speaking and how do we know when we are speaking how do we know that it's just something that i want versus something god is leading me to and it takes time patience to gain experience in the spiritual life and to that point if we don't have patience, or sorry, if we don't have experience yet, um, then we should be able to identify that in ourselves. You know, the the worst thing is a beginner who thinks that they're an expert, right? Like they start with something, thinking that they they know it all, when they really know nothing. They know very little, but because they've read the rule book, right? They they think that they understand and they they know how to 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 make good decisions and whatnot. Whereas a person who is experienced knows the pitfalls and would be you know much less likely to think that they are an expert right someone who is someone who is actually an expert will be very hesitant to to claim that they are an expert because they know all the things that they don't know whereas a person who uh, is just starting out maybe naively thinks well i learned all these things so um, i am an expert at it right so it takes patience to gain experience it also takes patience to become an example in Colossians 3:16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Right? Um, it's easy to give an example, but it's harder to be an example. It's easy to tell stories and parables and analogies and, 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 and give lessons and teach of what we think is right and good, but it's much harder to be that example, to live that way consistently in our own life whether in the church or in our homes, in whatever way, um, that we are the example that people will follow, right? Again, as I said, like with the levels of leadership, maybe I, I think that because I have received a title, then I will be respected. Maybe this is true of parents as well, because like parents, we want to be respected by our children. And certainly, it is a commandment of God that, our par- that the children respect the parents. But even with our children, we have to earn respect, right? We have to show them consistent love, we have to show them consistent care we have to show them consistently that we are choosing good good decisions we are making good decisions and so that's why they should should also make good decisions it can't just be lessons that we give them no this is right and this is wrong you should do this and you shouldn't do that but when then they look in our own life they find we don't do any of the things that we, we that we teach them right so we we can't we can't teach them unless we ourselves are a good example And in order for us to be that good example, it takes a history, it takes consistency, it takes a long time. And sadly, sometimes all it takes is one mistake to destroy all that we've built. You know, if you look at people who had a good reputation in the community for a long time and built it up over a very long period of time, and then through some scandal, you know, they lost it all through one mistake that they made, they lost that example. So it takes patience to become that example that people look up to, whether children look up and looking up to their parents or people looking up to Sunday school servants or however you're looking up to whichever leader you're talking about. It takes, takes time. Also, it requires patience to endure hardships. In Job 14, it says, All the days of my hard service I will wait till my change comes. You know, this is very profound coming from Job and the kind of suffering that he suffered all the days of my hard service i will wait till my change comes it's kind of a profound statement that he's making meaning first of all how he says that his service is hard first of all he calls it a service maybe we didn't look at it that, that way that when we read the story of job now we benefit from his story we benefit from his suffering You know thousands of years later we benefit by reading what happened to him and that in itself was his service like he didn't have to teach anyone with words or lessons he didn't have to say anything he just had to remain faithful in the midst of suffering and that was service and that's actually why god allowed all that to happen to him to prove the faith that he had that his faith would be tested but it would not be broken and and would reveal to us who this man was that If this hadn't happened to him, we would have never even heard of Job. Like, Job was not a leader. Job was not in a position of authority. He was not a government official. He was not a king. He was not a priest or a prophet. He was none of these things, right? He was someone who suffered, and God was glorified through his suffering because we saw how a person who had such great faith was able to endure. So first of all, it's a service. The second thing it says is that it's a hard service. It's a hard service. It wasn't an easy service, it wasn't an enjoyable service, it wasn't something that he liked or he chose for himself. It's something that he had to endure. And in it, as he endured it, he said, I will wait, right? The patience, I will wait. And and waiting can come in different flavors. Waiting can come with torment, waiting can come with peace, you know? It, 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 and it's very different. In both cases, the people are waiting, in both cases, Someone is waiting for something to change. He says, till my change comes. Like he had hope that his change will come. He had hope that there will be a time where he no longer endures the harshness of his situation. There will be a time that will come, right? And that is the faith and the hope that he had. Now, when that time would come, maybe that would have happened at the end of his life. Maybe, we don't know. God, of course, granted it to him before his death and restored to him everything that he had. Right? There's no guarantee, actually, that that would happen in any situation of ours. But even if he hadn't received restoration and healing in his life, he still believed that there was something good for waiting for him even at the end, even in the afterlife, the in his eternal life. There's something good. So he's waiting for the change. And part of waiting with hope is believing that whatever I'm experiencing now will not last forever. There will be an end to it. There is an end to everything. And so that is what brought him hope, right? And that's what allowed him to continue to have faith. That's why he continued to trust in God, that God was doing something that was good, because there was going to be an end, okay? All the days of my hard service, I will wait till my change comes. So a person who is able to wait in a hopeful way while seeking consolation from God, that person is able to, 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 to endure much more because every day is a struggle. But the struggle is what? What does it mean to struggle while we wait? The struggle is not against the situation because the situation sometimes and oftentimes is beyond my ability. Like we get put in situations where there is no solution. There is nothing I can change to make the change happen. Like Job, there was nothing he could do to, 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 to accelerate the process. So his struggle was not against his sickness, was not against his mourning. The struggle was to bring God into the situation. That was the struggle. Every day, that was the struggle. Like maybe he wakes up in the morning depressed, and then he reminds himself of the, the goodness of God, reminds himself of the work of God, reminds himself of that God is, is still present with him. And he tries to fight to bring himself this comfort from God. So it is a spiritual fight. It is bringing God into his mind, into his heart, reminding himself always of God's presence. That is the struggle. And in doing that, he can find comfort. He can remind himself of God's presence and companionship with him so that even though otherwise he felt alone and he felt in pain, but he found comfort in that, uh, In that, even though there was nothing he could do to actually solve the problem. So the way that we wait, the way we wait during hardships makes a huge difference whether we are successful or not, whether we are mentally disabled from the, the hardship or not. Like a lot of people who... Um, even get to the point of mental illness because of having to endure hardship for long periods of time Um, a big part of it is how did we endure it how did we wait the problem was the same the problem happened to us how did we deal with it when it came Um, that can definitely make a big difference Um, patience for god's guidance to be revealed in Psalm 25, verse 5, it says, Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Sometimes we, um, we are called by God in a certain path, in a certain direction, to a certain vocation, to make a certain decision, to a certain path of life. And we don't know what that is. Maybe in front of us we are faced with many options, many roads, and we are, we are confused as to which one to choose. And so we seek it from God, and we ask him to illuminate our path. And maybe the answer does not come quickly. Maybe we ask, and we ask, and we ask, and we don't know. What is the path that I should go down? And God tells us to wait. Wait until I reveal it to you, right? But again, we take comfort in the fact that God is in control, that he will reveal it to us at the right time, and that whatever path we choose, prayerfully, whatever path we choose, because we want to do what is pleasing to God, God will bless, right? Because we are seeking it from him. We are trying our best to know the will of God. However frail and weak and uh, hard of heart we are, we're trying to know the will of God, to follow him, and we are waiting, right? So we're saying, lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you, I wait all the day, right? illuminate me and show me and tell me. We also wait for, you know, God to um bring us the virtues that we are seeking from him. Right? This is part of God's guidance. Like we want to grow in this patience. We want to grow in love. We want to grow in mercy. We want to overcome sins of the flesh that we struggle with. Um so we wait on him. You know, we do our part, we pray, we confess our sins and we pray we ask God to help us to overcome these things, and we wait. We wait for the time where God feels it fit to remove a cross from us. We ask him to do so. Um, we wait for God to change those whom we serve, right? Like maybe the people we serve is our family, or maybe the people we serve like our friends, the people around us, Right? In Hebrews 13 21 says, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Meaning sometimes we sometimes our suffering is coming from the people around us. That there is someone around me that is causing me suffering. And this person is maybe close to me. And so the idea of leaving them is not something that is an option. It's something that I I it's a cross that I'm, that I'm bearing, and it's not, I cannot leave. I'm put in the situation, right? And, and so we, we have to ask God to heal this person so that they are not suffering in this way, so that I am not suffering with them because I'm the one trying to bear the cross with them to bear their suffering. And so we're asking God to change them and to give us patience until they change, right? To, to give us patience to wait with them, while being supportive, while being merciful, while being patient, while, you know, helping them in whatever way that we can, uh, until God grants them victory over this cross that they have, right? So this is another thing that we are called to be patient for. Doesn't mean that every, you know, every relationship we have with someone who is, you know, a source of suffering for us, it doesn't mean that that every relationship we have is a healthy one. It doesn't mean that every relationship must continue. But, in some cases, we're put in situations where um, this is the only choice and this is the only option. And we find ourselves struggling with something that we can't control or change. And we have to be patient, waiting for God to change the heart of another person. We also have to be patient and waiting for our prayers to be answered. In Psalm 40, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. Right, so in many pl- places, the scripture talks about persistence and being persistent in our prayer, asking, seeking, knocking. Um, The Lord always said that we should pray and we should not lose heart when we pray. Meaning, why is it that we would lose heart? We would lose heart because we don't see that God is answering. We, We ask him and we are waiting for an answer and we don't see the answer, so we lose heart. But he says, don't lose heart. He says, be persistent in your prayer. And he gives us many examples of people who are persistent in their prayer. And the Lord granted to them whatever their heart desired, or gave them consolation. I mentioned before about the story of Hannah, the mother of Samuel, that she was praying for a son because she was barren and could not bear children. She was praying for a son. And after she prayed, the Lord granted her comfort immediately after the prayer. Of course, we know that eventually she did bear a son who was Samuel the prophet. But even before he actually gave her what she asked for, he gave her comfort to, to continue waiting and that in some sense is even greater and more important because whether God is going to grant us the, the thing we're praying for or not, oftentimes we don't know. Maybe God is not going to grant us the thing that we're asking. Maybe the thing that we're asking is not good for us. But at least God will grant us patience and comfort to wait even while we have not yet received the thing that we are asking for. And that makes life tolerable. It, it makes us able to live. It, it, it prevents us from being so downcast and sad and in and despair and, and, and depressed and because we are so consumed with the object of what we are asking God for that we cannot live, right? Because sometimes there are things that we care about so much that we feel like it consumes our entire life. There is nothing I can think of or or do apart from this thing that I'm seeking, that I'm wanting, that I feel like is going to be the solution to all my problems. And certainly, Hannah, also was of this category she was very sad very very sad feeling always like she was an outcast because at that time it was seen that women who could not bear children it was like they were cursed like they were cursed by god like god cursed her because of something she had done and everyone looked at her as being this like rejected person so it was something that affected her entire life so for her to seek from god a child was something very very central to who she was as a person and how everybody saw her. So so it was something that was on her heart. But when God granted her peace and it says that her countenance changed, like her face changed, her her, her she like joy came into her before she had Samuel, before she became pregnant. She was she was content with the answer to the prayer, which was God granting her joy. And this is the thing for us to remember when it comes to prayer and, and receiving from god is that god can always grant us hope and joy god can always grant us the holy spirit god can always and in persistence we seek that from him he isn't always going to give us the object of our prayer but he will always grant us to be at peace and that is the thing we should persist to achieve when when uh, jacob was wrestling with god and he told him i will not leave you until you bless me it's actually the same thing that his holiness pope Shenouda has said. You know, when you stand in your room to pray, tell God, I will not leave you until you bless me. Like I will not leave you until you grant me peace. I will not g- leave you until you calm my fears, until you grant me hope, until you make me feel um, that I am comforted, even though I have not yet received whatever it is that I'm seeking, but I am comforted. And that comfort is the greatest thing we can receive. Because actually, the reason that we are seeking the thing to begin with is because we believe that that thing is going to bring comfort, Right? Like we believe that the thing we're asking for is gonna bring us comfort. So what God is giving us the comfort is really the end goal. Because sometimes the thing we are praying for isn't actually gonna bring comfort. We think it is, but it not actually gonna bring comfort. Maybe it'll bring more problems, but we don't see that. So if God denies it to us, maybe because it's actually not good for us, but he gives us the comfort anyway. But we can achieve this through being persistent in prayer. Maybe it's not going to come the first time or the second time, but God wants us to be persistent and to be patient as we are praying in faith that God is hearing and God will answer. Also to be patient with God's, in receiving God's rewards. In Psalm 37, it says, Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. Right? Meaning, meaning wait on the Lord to receive the reward I have promised you. God has granted us many rewards, you know the greatest of which we can say is eternal life right and we speak about uh, a place where grief sorrow and groaning have fled away a place where there is no more sorrow or pain a place where we are living in mansions in heaven where the lord jesus christ is the light and we are with him and we imagine all these things as much as we can while we are still in the flesh and we think about all of these rewards right but the reward has not come yet we we have not received it yet we are imagining it we are thinking about it god is describing it to us we have yet to receive right so a person who is patient is able to wait for that hopefully and the the promise of that reward is always present in our mind so whenever we have a bad day you know and we 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 are upset because of whatever situation is happening the mere like remembrance of the reward that god has laid up for us the treasures in heaven that God has laid up for us should be a source of joy in that moment. Be like, you know what, whatever I'm struggling with now is nothing because God has granted me an eternal reward that will more than compensate for every pain and suffering I've ever experienced. It's not easy, right? Because when we're in that moment of pain, we just want to wallow in our pain and we want to pity ourselves for it and we want to be upset, right? It's hard to change our track of mind, to think instead of the good things that God has given us and will continue to give us and the rewards we have not yet to receive. But we need patience for this, to wait, to trust and wait that God is doing good for us. We also need patience and not growing weary. In Galatians 6 says and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose our heart therefore as we have opportunity let us do good to all especially to those who are the household of faith meaning he's saying as you are waiting and as you are patient also serve others and maybe this also is even harder because when we are struggling in pain about something we have yet to receive Maybe the last thing that comes to my mind is wanting to give of myself to other people because I feel like I have nothing to give. I feel empty. I feel like I am in pain. I need that person who is to come and comfort me. How is it that I will go to comfort other people? Okay? But here he's saying, do not grow weary in doing good, for we shall reap if we do not lose heart. And actually giving to others and serving others, even in the midst of our pain, is actually one of the ways of getting over our pain. Getting over our situation and realizing that maybe there are other people in the world that have things far worse than we have, right? That And and that helps to refocus our, our thinking on the good things that God has given us. It's not just sad things. It's not just bad things. It's not just pain. We, we fixate so much on the things we don't have, right? But try to fixate on the things you do have, on the things you have received and God has granted, and you will find that there are many of them, right? God maybe said no to this, but he said yes to many, many, many other things so do not grow weary right and as we have opportunity let us do good to all as we are able not to wallow in our suffering but to do good to all um, in philippians 3:20, it says for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the savior the lord jesus christ and this is the ultimate wait, the ultimate thing to be patient for is to receive our citizenship that is in heaven to be there and present in heaven and this again ultimately ultimately beyond any other thing that we're asking God for this is the thing we should be waiting for because any other gift that God gives any other reward any other thing that is granted to us is temporary but the thing that will abide forever is is this right and is virtue the things that God will grant us that will never fade away so it's important for us to remind ourselves always of these pa- of these principles so there is 9 points that we mentioned that we need to be patient for. The first is to be patient to learn what we need. Uh, two, to establish good relationships, to gain experience, to become an example, to endure hardships, for God's guidance to be revealed, for God to change those we serve, uh, for prayers to be answered, and then finally, um, for God's reward. So may God grant us always to have patience. This is a very, very powerful virtue, although sometimes difficult to attain but something that we can all grow in and benefit from. Any comments or questions? Hmm? There's only nine. (laughs) (laughs) Glory be to God forever. Amen. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We thank you, O Lord, for this day. We ask for your blessing. We ask, O Lord, for you to work in our lives and to grant us your peace, to help us to see, O Lord, the good things you have granted us and to wait for the things that we have yet to attain. Help us, O Lord, to be patient as we wait, and thankful, and joyful, and focusing, O Lord, on your goodness and having hope in the future rather than focusing only on the painful things and the things that we wish were different in our lives. Grant us, O Lord, all virtue, and grant us, O Lord, to grow and to be a good example to other people and to share your love with, with our families and with those around us and with the whole world. Through the prayers of St. Mary, Archangel Michael, St. Paul, St. Mark, and all your saints, here says we pray. Thankfully, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The love of God the Father, the grace of the only begotten Son, our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, the communion the gift of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace The peace of the Lord be with you all. Amen.